0: Welcome back to Alex's Podcasting. I'm Alex, and I am podcasting. Oh, it's been a while. How are you doing? Doing good. Good. I'm happy to hear that. Um, It is my 10th episode. And it's been a while since my last episode. And you know, I started a little bit of a trend thing where I would talk about each of my albums in detail, my solo albums, under my name, you Al-V-U, A-L-V-U, and I'm not going to do that with the 10th episode, I mean, it would have been um, uh, the brighter side of being a loner, which, you know, I will. You know, talk about it. Um, but I'm not gonna go into huge amounts of detail or do this weird kind of track by track thing for the sake of, um, it's a lot of work. (laughs) And, uh, I'm, I was reaching a point where I was realizing, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm proud of every song I write and release and, it's not that there's anything, you know, wrong with any of the songs, or not that they're um, lackluster in any way, but you know, so many. How how can I sit here and tell you about each song in an album when it's me and acoustic and some words that um you know with the last few albums that i wrote months ago sometimes years ago so it's kind of um it's kind of not genuine unless you know it's the song is has particular strong meaning behind it which some songs do And, unfortunately, some songs are also filler. And I'm trying to avoid that from now on. You know, I was talking with my buddy Zach, and he was talking about how for the next little while um, the band is going to do EPs for the foreseeable future for the sake of, you know, that it's easier than trying to hammer out, you know, over 45 minutes of original music. It's, it's easier to focus really hard on three, maybe four songs that you're, you know, really passionate about And that's kind of what I'm going to be doing for the next few Alview releases. I'm going to be... you know, really... kind of... focusing on the words. Focusing on... doing the best I can from my end. Because... I'm very limited with my recording time. Um... I don't have the space to record, so... I pretty much have to wait for... Everyone to be out of the house... To be able to do my thing... And... That's kind of a rare occurrence... (laughs) And usually when that happens... I am... You know, tired from... Working hard... It's usually my two days off in a row... And... It's like, do I really want to bring the gear out, set it up, which, you know, can take maybe half hour, maybe hour. And then, you know, do four takes on a song, and then, you know, kind of do a quick, rough mix and master. And then, no, not really. A lot of times I end up just you know, resting, you know, catching up, letting my body just breathe. And if I'm sounding kind of soft-spoken right now, it is because I am. Everyone in the house is sleeping, and I'm by myself in the den. I hope you're doing well. And the reason I'm talking weird... (laughs) Is because... I found this great... uh, YouTube channel. Uh, The channel's name is... Lyle Forever. And it's... uh, The main... I guess it's called Gecko Therapy. And this guy dresses up as a gecko. And... People call in... To his... I guess, Twitch stream. I guess that's where he really does most of his stuff. And they kind of just talk. Sometimes he'll have a, a theme or a subject. Like, one of the episodes he was talking about today was um, being banned. Banned from something, like being banned from the mall or whatever. And people would call in and give their stories about being banned. Or they might just talk about random things. And so, like, my brain is... I, I would listen to it all day. Because <laughs> each episode's about an hour and a half, maybe two hours long. And there's a bunch of them. So my brain is kind of... With the beats of how he speaks and how <laughs> that podcast goes. Um, so... I'm trying to be as and, it, and it, the thing I really like about it is it's not really scripted it's it's not scripted it's real he's reacting to these people and one of the okay. things I realized with my podcast is I was really overthinking it I was really okay you gotta have um, talking points you gotta do this you got to do that and you know I was listening to you know his episodes um, and I realized no, it can be looser, it can be more chill, it can be relaxed, and, uh, you know, it can still be good, you know, you can still have the talking points, because those are really helpful, I'm staring at them right now, um, but yeah, I'm, it's gonna be a new, the 10th episode of Alex was podcasting, it's gonna be the start of something else it's going to be more relaxed and chill and I if you're still here if you're still dealing with my calm voice um, thank you if you're one of the people that have been you know one of the random people that have been enjoying my podcast since I started it's been a while um then thank you thank you so much um but yeah it's been a while since my last episode just cause um life um I had some issues at work that required my attention so I kind of wasn't in the mental headspace for you know Overthinking a podcast. And, you know, just a lot, a lot of just kind of putting it off, to be perfectly honest. Because it's doing this podcast is a weird sort of commitment. Because I'm one of those do-it-now type people. I think my friends can attest to that to some degree. Especially my musician friends. I'm very much... Do it now. Hit record. Do the best you can in the moment. Let's get it out there. Let's release it. I don't like sitting on stuff for too long. Like... A lot of times when I'm recording a song, I will have the gist of it. I won't even have it 100% done before I hit record. A lot of times, I will have the idea, maybe a verse and chorus, and then I will randomly just start, like, I don't have a bridge, here it comes. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. And... I want to say seven times out of ten, it's actually all right. No, that's being too generous. I'm going to say six times out of ten, it's pretty spot on. Like, I get the gist of it. Um, But yeah, if I I dwell on it, I end up not liking it, and just moving on from it. Like, it's out of my head. But, you know, sometimes sitting on it is good. Sometimes, you know, being patient is good. With uh, Faltered Steps' Reverie album, you know, that took quite a while. A lot of mixing, mastering. We, we redid a song two, almost three times. Because the first time we did vocals, we weren't crazy about it. The song was super long, so we shortened it. If I'm remembering right. Zach's probably getting his pen and paper, and he's like, "Nope, that wasn't it, Alex. You relate that day." <laughs> um, but yeah, it that album took a long time, and you know, I'm. It is a bit of a gloomy album, but I'm really proud of that album. It, um, Jason Rodell did a really good job of mixing and mastering. Uh, Garrett fucking killed it on drums. And the title track is a fucking monster of a tune. And it's it's just really good. And I'm proud of it. And that that was an example of sitting on it and just kind of letting the process happen. I want to, you know, kind of, kind of try to find the middle ground to that with future music releases. I want to, I want to really have a song ready, hit record, and then do all the extra stuff. I want to really... have something to be proud of and you know that I worked hard on not that I was lazy with any of these albums it's just I don't want the stress of uh, I got to I have to add two more songs to this I have to add three more songs to this I want to have a nice little package three four songs and if I, I don't, I don't want to. I just don't want to force myself. I want to have a good. I want to have a good EP. And then after about three or four EPs, you know, maybe mix them like similar to what the band Crosses did with a, uh, um, what's his name, Marino uh, the Deftones singer, um, Chino, it's Chino, right, I don't know, anyway, the band, he had a, he has a band called Crosses, and they released, I think, like, three EPs, and then they finally released an official album, which was basically the three EPs with, like, two new songs, which I like that process, I like that idea. Well, you know, just so, you know, keeping up with a little bit of consistency, I do want to talk about Brighter Side of Being a Loner. Brighter Side of Being a Loner is a really good... (laughs) It's all a really... I'm really happy with how it turned out. It is very consistent. The... The issues that I have with it are a lot fewer, as compared to something of dripping infinities. Um, Right off the bat, um, you know, the song, "Brighter Side of the Brighter Side of Me," the brighter side of me. Um, That song was almost ten years in the making. You know, I recorded the demo, which also is included on the album, about ten years ago, and it's it's evolved. And that wasn't even the first incarnation of that song. Um, the first incarnation was with Faltered Step, and it was uh, like a four chord type thing. It was very grungy, and you know, I think back on it, and I actually really liked that version, like. It, it's a little bit cheesy in the chord progression, but... We nailed it. It was uh, me, Zach, Chris, and Marcus. When I, mean, I think Marcus was the real big drive behind it, because I remember just playing those chords, and he really liked it, so we stuck with it. And we had a really nice, really cool bridge. Um... But yeah, I was that's one of my the songs I'm most proud of, and that's um, a piece of lyric ideas, <laughs> lyrical inspirations. I don't, well, I can't think of what I'm trying to say. The lyrics to that I'm also really proud of. Um, it's been lyrically rewritten a bunch of times, you know, I like the original version as somewhat cringy as it is, but the main thing which um I don't even say it in the final version but the full line is supposed to be in the dark you will always see the brighter side of me which is such a mid 2000s emo (laughs) lyric (laughs) but I liked it I still like it I like the image that it kind of puts out it's a good song. I want to do a full band version, and I want to have it be like featuring Faltered Step. Like the version that I have on this album, I want to kind of combine the demo version with the main version, the official version, I don't know, and just kind of have this kind of hard rock epic. Hopefully someday. I'm... I'm hoping for it. Um... Let's see if... I'm going off memory. I'm not looking at notes. Fuck that. This is... This is real. This is us. Uh, the next song was, uh, I think, For Your Own Good. Uh, the lyrics were from... About 10 years ago. And... I... I remember writing those... Lyrics... Because this this girl that I had a crush on also had a drinking problem. And I just kind of wrote that. <laughs> so, I mean, long story short, it's about a crush I had that had a drinking problem. Um and pretty much this song is basically them, me saying that you know, they're they're making their own destiny they're it's for their own good, you know if a good thing happens, if a bad thing happens the being a a ghost of themselves while being intoxicated you know remember right the next song is Carry Me Down and that was another one that was really I thought was a really cool song um the the really terrible slide guitar playing by me um just has this kind of dirty southern kind of acoustic romp I mean not romp. Why did I say romp? But it has this... It has this... Um, I, I hate to reference him... You know, considering everything that's going on with him, but... It hit, Marilyn Manson has a song called... Four Rusted Horses. And... That was kind of what I was emulating. Manson has... Manson with acoustic tunes I always really liked um, In the Shadow of the Valley of Death um, Speed of Pain um, my, my favorite Manson album Was um, High End of Low And now my favorite Manson album Is none of them <laughs> um, And just to veer off for a minute um, the whole shit with Manson is really... it's really disheartening and sad. Not that I was the biggest Manson fan in the world. It's just... it's another... it's another reminder. Like, I can't listen to... I can't enjoy that music knowing that he you know more than likely did those things I I just can't I I wish I could look past it and just enjoy it but like some of those allegations are pretty strong like not so much strong as in I mean, it's... I don't want to support an asshole. Plain and simple. And I mean asshole as in someone who's hurt people. Physically hurt people. someone Like, mentally fucking destroyed people. I... I just can't. And it, it's really unfortunate because Manson has had some solid albums, some I'm gonna I'll be honest, he had some great tunes. And, you know Antichrist Superstar was a solid album. Um, <laughs> smells like children. I, I I enjoyed that album. He was great at doing covers. It's just, I I can't support that. Unless, like, it's proven that it was all, all just some weird, like, conspiracy against him. But with how many cases there are, it's kind of hard to look past that. It It just is. For me, at least. But then on the flip side, on the flip side to that note, The Who. The Who. Peter... Peter Peter Pete Townsend was arrested ages ago for having child pornography on his computer and like he got a he, I don't want to use the phrase got away with it but the excuse given was that um he had been um abused as a child and he was doing research to try to Please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to, you know, say the wrong facts and have it spread. I, I'm i not looking at, like, anything right now. This is going from memory, so please forgive me if I'm wrong. It's like he wanted to understand how they felt and how they... How it's happening or something. Which... I don't really buy I I just don't. That's a weird. That's a weird. It's not like, oh man, I, you know, broke my leg, and now I'm looking at other people breaking their legs, so I know how they feel. Like it's, <laughs> I don't. No, that was a bad analogy. I'm bad at analogies, man. I don't know, but uh, I still love the Who. And the only, like, sort of justification I have is that the whole band, like, is not him. Like, you know, there is Roger Daltrey, there is Keith Moon, there is, you know, John Entwistle. But it is still Pete's band. It's basically Pete's band. So me listening to that is still therefore supporting him. I don't know. Maybe my brain is justifying it because he was not found guilty. I don't know. I don't like how my brain is like that with that. Because every time I hear a Who song, I enjoy it, I like it, I love it. But... Towards the end of the song, I it pops in my head. Hey, remember Pete? Yes, I remember Pete. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, that was a tangent. I apologize for that. Let's finish up with the, uh, you know, the brighter side of me stuff. Brighter side of uh, being a loner. Um, but yeah, carry me down. Solid tune. Um, the lyrics were pretty easy to write there was no real strong meaning behind them I kind of I came up with the music first and you know was dicking around with the slide guitar and I was just like what's some kind of menacing lyrics I could write I do not want your eyes I do not want your face do not want your plans to shake me down. No. <laughs> yeah, I was happy with it. Hopping into uh, guilty. Ooh, this is a. That's kind of the centerpiece of the album. Guilty. Um, I play keyboards on it, and it's there's bass on it. But it's a keyboard-driven song. I don't know how to play piano or keys. I mean, I know the chords that I've used, and, and that's about it. But... Yeah, I had this chord sequence. And... You know, I was in a... I'll admit, I was in a bit of a dark headspace when I wrote that. Just... I was in a dark headspace, but I was also imagining a man on trial. It's kind of obvious with the guilty theme. I imagine a, a man on trial just admitting I'm guilty. Just end me. I'm done. Like I am a I'm a thief. I'm a bad guy. Just end me. That's it was, it's a dark song. Um, but I was really happy with how it turned out. The middle part, especially with the fake orchestra sounds. The keyboard I used is like a. is one of the. Casio, I think. I think Casio learning keyboards. So it's not even like a really full keyboard. Um, but. it. it the tone of it, which was perfect for that song, it's, I'm, I don't think like a, an any better. Type of keyboard would have really, fit, with that song. And uh, the ending, uh, refrain. With the multi-layered vocals, I was really proud with how I did that. That was, is really. Fulfilling to finish that song and just be like, "Holy shit, I made that!" But it's also writing songs like that for me is, I'll be honest, sometimes a little embarrassing because you know it's, it's a dark song. I I stole a razor. I shall disembark. You know, basically saying I'm gonna kill myself. Here, Dad, listen to my new album. <laughs> knowing that my dad has listened to that album and hasn't asked me about that song in particular... <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> maybe he didn't really listen to it. That's how maybe I'm thinking about it. Um, But yeah, Guilty. It was a really solid tune that I was proud of. Okay. I am going to look at the track listing, because after Guilty, I do not remember. I'll be honest, I do not remember. Let me just find it right quick. Not cast aside. We are not casting anything aside today. Dust! It was Dust. That was next. That was just a fun instrumental, very much in a similar vein to um, Dearborn Calling. It has keyboards, kind of adding more textures, and it has a a decent solo by me. It's a little repetitive in parts, but and there's like two sour notes that I hit that haunt me to this day but everything else about that it's a fun song like I was really into Red Dead Redemption at the time (laughs) so I was like I want to write a song that feels like I'm riding through the desert and that was that song and it turned out really good I'm really proud of how that turned out a song after that was Cuervo Quivers. the song my dad wrote excuse me and it's just you know two track guitars, me playing harmonica and singing his song I mean there's not much else to it than that I mean I don't I don't know why he wrote that song I couldn't tell you, but I kind of wanted to you know tribute him he's still alive but I really wanted to kind of have that be my thank you to him because you know I wanted that to be my thank you to him because he has helped me out through my musical journey a lot and I was really happy with how that turned out too I had to redo the vocals like three different times because I I didn't have a a popper stopper or whatever it's called and so like all my B's and P's were hitting really quiver quivers nasty breath that's how it turned out originally but it's the final product I was happy with And, you know, following that is a little bit more of an uh, emotional tune called uh, Father Time. I, uh... Last year was really weird because of, you know, the coronavirus, you know, COVID, and, you know, everyone's emotions were high. um, To get a little personal you know there was a text exchange between me and my father father and it did not go well I won't go into details because that's whatever but it did not go well and we're good now you know it, it's been talked out but it's still It still affected me. So... I wrote that song. That night. Like, you know, we had that text conversation. It was going bad. I reacted. And... Within an hour of that happening, I... Plugged in the microphone. I hit record. And I doodled for like maybe five minutes, and those words poured out of me. Like there was no rewriting, like that was all right there. I think I redid the song two times, and the take that you hear is the second take. I think. I, don't, I I say it at the beginning of the track, I don't remember. But yeah, that was uh, an emotionally heavy tune. And I think it's a good official end to the album, not counting the demos. And, you know, the Mrs. Blue demo was kind of just... That's an example of me just adding filler... It's it's not that it's a bad tune. I did make it. I made it around the same time as the Brightest Side of Me demo, but that in particular was an example of how long. Is that? It's almost five minutes. That'll pad it out. That's that's a full album, yeah. Cause it it's me playing around on a D chord with like a weird effect on the other guitar. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, the funny thing is, even though I say that, the flow of the album is actually really good. Ending with the Brighter Side of Me demo, you know, and beginning with the Brighter Side of Me. It was just a solid, it's a solid release, and I was really proud of it. And another thing that I'm really proud of with that album is My mother did the artwork And I, It's The whole package is so good Um, oh, I skipped a song I realized I didn't talk about the other The Sometimes a loner is the worst thing I could be That's another song I was really happy with. I was really happy with that. I uh, had the bulk of that album, album. I had the bulk of that lyrically written. Ages ago. And. I found it and I thought. I like that. I like that phrase. Sometimes a loner is the worst thing I could be. I like that. And so I kind of. I kind of was just sitting with it trying to like rewrite it you know rework with it and I I was struggling so I I got some outside help I asked my lovely my lovely partner to help me just fine tune it like certain words that weren't and yeah, the final product of it turned out really good I'm there's one of the 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 guitar work was really the two tracks of guitars and the bass underlying it really just made everything really pretty and I was really happy with how that turned out So yeah, that was the brighter side of being a loner. A very condensed version. Not fucking overscripted. scripted um, There's two other releases that I will briefly talk about. Uh, the cover's EP. Um, Misprinted Lies. That was... Uh, covers EP Um, (laughs) it was trying to look at the track listing real quick forgive me I'm caving because I want to make sure my facts are straight Misprinted Lies you know it has um, A Christmas Song by Jethro Tull Nutshell by Allison Chains Learning to Fly by Pink Floyd Hurt by Nine Inch Nails Feed Us by Serge Tankian of System of a Down and a really rough cassette recording of me on the drums and my dad on vocals and guitar and bass of a, a Yardbirds for your love Um, it was a nice little release kind of to had the waters a little bit, not not so much as a filler type release or anything, but I had a bunch of covers recorded, and most of them were pretty cringy, and these were the least cringy. Um, a Christmas song, uh, my good friend Nathan Elliott um, mixed, mastered, produced, and played uh, um, the drum the percussion on that track it sounds really good that was a really solid cover Uh, I play mandolin on it um, but we didn't know how to record mandolin (laughs) so it we ended up mixing it down because it just had this it was weird to mm, record so it ended up getting mixed down a lot but you could still hear it Um. Yeah, and like the rest of the covers were kind of me just figuring out figuring out the DP eight track recorder from Tascam And yeah, I think I think they're pretty decently balanced for the most part, um, especially for me not knowing what the hell I'm doing. Um, the the For Your Love cassette thing, I managed to convert a bunch of cassettes of me and my father jamming, and that was a really cool cover, and I just wanted to release it. I thought it had a good kind of punk sound. I mean, my terrible drumming really gives it an edge. now the other release um you remember my buddy Ramon Saldivar we had a really long two hour episode a couple episodes back a really good episode it's one of my highest viewed episodes so Ramon if you're hearing this thank you (laughs) you made me a whole probably ten cents (laughs) Um, but I did a, an EP with him. And the EP is a small little concept album of three songs. <laughs> and it's called Endless. And the process behind that album, which I will explain now, um, <laughs> was it was me and RJ we call him RJ <laughs> him and i mesh together pretty well when it comes to like ideas especially like in the moment like that's cool do that let's do that real quick That's like very much in the moment and you know bef- i was already planning on moving and i was like i really want to record something with you before i go All right. Yeah, I was already planning on moving. And I was like, I know I want to record music with you. I want to record something with you. I want to figure something out. And so I had this bass riff idea. And which was the genesis of Astronaut. And I told him, like, here's the, the true riffs I have. And I played it for him. And I was like, and after that, Let's just jam and kind of see where it goes. And I put one microphone. And keep in mind, these aren't, like, recording microphones. These are, like, performance microphones. So, like, a Shure 64 or whatever. I don't know. I don't know fucking ear. It was... I put, like, one microphone above... he also had, like, a half electric, half real kit... So, like, I put one mic above, like, his real kit. And I put one... I put one at the kick. And I put one kind of near the speakers. So... Like, you know, we can get the electric sound. Of, like, the cymbals. Because he had half... There's, like, one cymbal that was that sounded good and one was an electric cymbal that sounded really good and yeah it, that that's basically what we did we jammed and I wrote astronaut and that at first it was just going to be astronaut and the rest I thought ah, it's too jammy I just play the same bass thing over and over again it just it doesn't go anywhere and then I realized, there's a challenge there. There's a challenge there, and I can do something with it. So I listened to it, and I, you know, hooked up my guitar and amp, and I was like, I can do something with this. I know I can. And drifting came up out of, I, I made the music first. I made, you know, adding the guitars and the, the lead bits. Um... And then I wrote the lyrics. Um, the lead guitar. Well, the lead-ish, you know, whatever they're called. where it's There's accents on the right speaker and the left speaker. I directly stole that idea from Black Sabbath. <laughs> they have a song, Dirty Women. Fantastic tune. And towards the end of it, um, I owe me has this kind of refrain where it's like in the right speaker and then the left speaker back to right and then left and I was like that's really cool and I did that and that was cool so I we had how long would that end up being Let's see. That would be about... Five, six minutes of music right there. And... I was like... It could end here. But when, one day... I was heading over to hang out. And he sent a video of him just... Jamming on a keyboard. And he's not a... He... He's expressed that he's not a professional, he didn't really know what he was doing, and I said, okay, so I'm plugging in that keyboard, and you're just gonna play, he's like, well, I don't really have anything planned or anything, I was like, that's fine, just, you know, think somber, think jazz, think calm, and what he did turned out really good. It, and that's why i give him the full credit of that tune because that's all him i mean i had some kind of pretty guitar stuff there but it's all him and that's and the album is collaborative like you know he he's told me like well you you know you did all the work like me i did all the work but it's collaborative because he you know he did drums like and he gave me the idea of the theme the theme of which basically just to dumb it down is in 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 my head, you know, this astronaut is alone on a space station and something goes haywire and he's basically thrown into space. And ast- the song Astronaut is basically kind of just the explosion. It's the it's the the key moment of the whole thing, and then drifting. Drifting is him drifting in space. It's him. He has a device hooked up to his helmet because he still has, you know, he's attached to oxygen, but he is literally like he has only hours left so he records a message and the message is the lyrics die rogue. it's a farewell and thematically the piano for me the piano is supposed to be the I don't want, maybe the word eulogy it's basically the ending credits it's the, you know, his last thoughts. It's him thinking of everything. The good. The bad. Everything that led to that moment. You know, because his, um, a man is floating in space. You know, he had to have gotten there some somehow. You know, this man probably went to college. This man is probably married. He probably has kids. So it's a very somber piano piece, which Again, Ramon nailed it. And it just sets this very somber ending. And it's it. That's endless. Um I'm really happy with how it turned out. It's a it's it's a rough sounding recording, but it still sounds really good. I'm really proud of it. Um the album art, um, the original picture. It was a picture. I took a picture of like um, some sort of plant, like factory near where I used to live with the sunset. And, you know, I just did a basic, you know, kind of invert. Not an invert, but I, you know, just made it super dark. I made it really kind of weird looking and I put the moon in place of the sun and the sunset <laughs> and maybe, maybe I should have kept the moon out of it but I thought it looked cool it's a nice, it's, it's a really good EP I would love at some point to re-record the drums with Ramon because um, I did not mic them good at all but it, it still sounds good I'm still really happy with it. And now you're all caught up with Alview. That was... I, I preferred doing it this way as opposed to... We're gonna have an episode about the covers EP. We're gonna have an episode about the endless EP. Like, nah, it's... It should just be more relaxed. It should be more chill. And that's what I'm going to try to do from now on. I'm going to try Um, to talk to you. Like... You know, kind of like an interview setting. But I'm interviewing myself. (laughs) Well, I want to try to... Make this an hour. So... Um... I am going to be releasing new music soon. Um... I'm going to tell you the name of my new album. It is called So Far, It's Just. And I named it that because it originally was going to be just like four songs, four or five songs. Hence, So Far, It's Just. But, you know, I was able to squeeze in a handful of other tunes you know to pad it out a little bit um there's a song on there where I played I play drums again it's on an electric kit um the song is called As the Sun Comes Up it's really good and then after that it's there, there's a lot of good stuff on this album I, I'm gonna wait until it's released to really talk about it but it's good it's really good I'm I can't wait to get it out there um my buddy uh Garrett Bush um of 52 Hertz Whale fame uh I asked him very politely pretty please with sugar on top to mix and master the album because I I just want it to sound good man and I'm not in a position to mix and master I right know so I want I was like hey can you just you know do this for me and he said yes so he's either in the process or about to start there's no real hurry I'm not in a hurry to release it it, it will come out soon when it's ready it will likely come out this year I'm pretty sure but I'm not going to pressure it because it, it will happen when it happens um, I'm waiting to talk to Zach about this because I plan on having him on an episode just me and him you know shooting the shit but the uh, faltered step released their first piece of music well what am I saying I'm on it it was the last piece of music featuring me well newly recorded music featuring me um uh they're our cover of a uh, sorrow by Pink Floyd um it is just a really good cover it's our namesake song um the line, his step is faltered faltered step, it's in there I'm really happy with how that turned out um, selfishly, you know my bass playing is, you know, really good I'm really happy with how that turned out uh, Garrett mixed and mastered it really well and it's good, I'm just really happy and it's a good send off for me um and they're all—they already working on new music. It feels a little weird. Admittedly. You know, this, this band that I put a lot of effort into. And they're carrying on. But not in a negative way. Not in like, how dare you? How dare you continue without me? No, it's just... It's one of those things where... I'm not... In it wholly... I'm, you know, I was talking with Zach about it a while ago. I'm seeing it from the outside as a fan now. And they're going to keep me in the loop, of course, but, you know, I'm not there for the discussion. I'm not there for, well, are we going to add this to the album? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? No, it's, well, there's going to be times where they'll release something and I'll go, oh, no, oh, that cool. That's really cool. So I'm really happy that they're carrying on. They're keeping on, and so far it's just Zach and Garrett. And you know, Zach has always been—he—he's always the—he was always more sensible when it came to faltered step. Whereas, I was a little more chaotic. Again, that's where my tendencies of, like, let's just do it now. Let's just do this. It doesn't have to be perfect. It, I mean, have it sound good. But it doesn't have to be perfect. If if something, if we've messed up a note, it's raw. It's punk. It's whatever. Whereas, you know, you know he he knows what he wants it, his guitar to sound like and you know his tone like he's fine-tuned his tone really well and and we we have a David Gilmour kind of Roger Waters-esque situ you know relationship between us because for the longest time like he would he's added he's the one that's added to my bass pedals. Because <laughs> he, he would play my rig when we were in another band called a Subatomic Meteor Shower. And so, like, he would add on, you know, for him, and... I don't know where it stopped. So I'm just going to repeat a little bit. He would... He would show me how the fucking pedals worked. He would show me... He would tell me what tuning we're in. He would do everything short of tuning my bass. I think he actually did tune my bass most of the time. God, I was inept. (laughs) But... You know, we I'm gonna save a lot of this for him and I's conversation, which I hope is soon. Whenever I have time and whenever he has time, whenever we're both feeling up for it. But yeah, I'm I'm happy that he is taking the reins on that project and just carrying on. one of the things I'm going to ask him is if he's happy that he doesn't have to argue with me anymore. (laughs) Not that we would get into like full-on arguments or anything. It wasn't some kind of weird toxic toxic masculinity thing. But you know, there was some I think there was some disagreements musically that we would have. And and the cool thing was it, it was always for the song it wasn't for some ego it wasn't because I thought it was right it was this we both were fighting just to make the song sound good and you know he he understands music on a different level than I do not better not worse But on a different level. So, it took some times where I had to step back and go, Okay, I gotta pull my head out of my ass and, you know, understand what he's saying, understand what he's seeing, understand what he's hearing, and adjust. Because if he's saying that something I'm doing is bad, then it must be bad. (laughs) You know, he wouldn't just say that just to whatever. And vice versa. Like, there was a couple times where he would play something, and I'm like, that just doesn't sound right. Like, not it, it wasn't bad, it just doesn't sound right for the song. And eventually we would get there. It would take a while, but we would get there. And you know, I brought up the title track for Reverie earlier, and that that was really that was really all of us hammering that out. I had my ideas, Zach had his ideas, Um, Garrett contributed his kind of. I think he said he was doing like a polyrhythm during the verses which I I still to this day don't know if I nailed my parts on that or not <laughs> but you can't really hear it on the final recording but when we're playing that last chorus my I'm doing this really kind of proggy kind of line where it's just non-stop do i do that for I think like two choruses I think which yeah, that took a couple takes but I knew it sounded good and when I nailed it whew, it felt good yeah I think I might start wrapping it up here but before I go I found this question generator and I took a screenshot and I'm going to answer some of these random questions the first question do you have a reoccurring dream yes I have a couple reoccurring dreams but the big one that constantly it's, I don't want to say weekly, but it's very regularly. I have a dream where I'm in a school setting. Always. And sometimes it's, sometimes you could, you know, it's clearly like high school. Sometimes it's a college. I don't know. And there have been different scenarios surrounding the school. But I would be in school. There's one dream I remember where, like, the school burned down. Like, no one set it on fire or anything, but it just somehow burned down, and I was, like, walking through the ashes. Sometimes I'll dream of past experiences in school never really had an outwardly negative experience in school but I think it's my subconscious um, desire to hopefully go to college which I still want to do I just gotta figure out what I really want to do I have ideas but I also don't want to waste you know five years of college to get a degree in something that's Not going to be helpful, you know. All right, let's take a look. If I were handed $500 at this moment, how would I spend it? Well, it's a boring answer because um, I would just toss it to credit, you know, paying bills. But, you know, if we're taking the boring answers out, and like, what would I do, like, actually do with $500? Um, that's actually a good question what would I do I'd probably buy a bunch of music or maybe some music gear or maybe a new guitar maybe I would go to a concert like a really good concert get some really good seats Something like that. Something... It'd be music-related, most definitely. You know, I'm crazy about Jethro Tull, you know that, so maybe I'll buy one of the box sets that I don't have that are on eBay for fucking $500. They have... You know, they released, like, these little mini-book box sets for each of, like, the classic... 70s albums, and I saw them, I, I saw each one of those in store, and I thought, okay, I'll get them at some other times now now, I didn't realize that limited edition, like, really meant limited edition, because, like, they, you know, released, they made a, a bunch, but then, like, Toll fans scooped him up, and now, like, if I really want the box-set version thing of Thick as a Brick, I'm probably going to be paying more than $500 on eBay. Which is dumb. I love Jethro Toll. My father has always joked that I probably have bought Ian Anderson a car at this point with how, many, how much shit I have bought. From Jethro Tull. From Ian Anderson. He's probably right. Alright, what's another good question? Would you consider yourself decisive or indecisive? I'm very indecisive. So indecisive that... When I was in Subatomic Meteor Shower they tasked me with coming up with an album title. And a month would go by, I'd have nothing. I'd be thinking, I'd be trying to think of stuff, I would look at the lyrics, I would just try to come up with something, couldn't. And at some point, I think it was was either Zach or Eric, they said if you don't if we don't come up with something, we're just going to name the album Alex's Indecisive. <laughs> and the album's not out yet, so I don't know if you, how serious they are, because I never did come up with an album title. But yeah, I'm very indecisive. I give, I'm very go with the flow, and I give non-answers, non-committal answers to something. Do you want pizza or do you want tacos? I'm cool with whatever. Uh, which would you prefer? Uh, I don't. I got. Can you just pick one? No. <laughs> if I knew the lottery numbers, would I keep them to myself or share with others? Well, I would. Honestly, my parents. I would... Share the numbers with both my mom and dad. And that would kind of be it. Well, obviously, you know, immediate family. Like, I'm going to have the money, so my immediate family will be affected anyway. But... With everything that, you know, my parents have done for me and, you know, in their lives, I feel like they've earned... You know, some sort of lucrative reward. Like even if it was like five hundred thousand, like each. <laughs> like you get five hundred thousand. You get five hundred thousand. You get five. Like yeah, I'd be. Like here you go. Here's you worked hard all your life. Life was not easy for you. Here. You take this. You you have earned this. That's what i do. Yeah. Let's see, what other What other question could we? What about you do you seem to get the most comments about? It's usually my hair or my eyes. I had long, flowing hair, but I chopped it all off. So now everyone kind of double takes at me, like, you chopped it all off? Like, yeah, for the first time, and since probably fucking single digits, you know, I chopped off all my hair. And I love it. I love it. I I feel great. Like, I was so afraid that like my self-confidence would dwindle and that like a part of me would die if I cut my hair but that was not the case it honestly kind of just opened a new door to me at least I think I feel more weirdly energetic I feel more Just with it, you know? And, you know, I've always gotten compliments about my eyes. I have hazel eyes. And, yeah, I I think I got good-looking eyes, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. How are we on time... You know, let's, let's find one or two more good questions and then call it good um, if I knew I could live forever how would I spend my days differently that's a good question if I knew I could live forever how would I spend my days differently Honestly, I would probably be doing more helpful stuff. Probably more charity-type stuff. More, you know, stuff to help humanity. Like if I was, if for, for if I was like the only one that could live forever, I don't know. Why. I feel like I, I would just. Like, that power of of good, you know? I'd have to use it for good. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I'd definitely be nicer to the people that deserved it. I think I'd be nicer to everyone. Because then I'd realize everyone's going to die anyway. Except for me. That's the assumption, right? Everyone I love would die. Everyone I hated would die. Everyone I didn't know would die. What if, you know, what if the sun engulps the earth? And because I have this whatever that makes me live forever, I'm now just like, if I live forever, do I feel pain? I don't think so. If I, cause pain would indicate harm. Harm could lead to fatality, I think. I mean, like if I could live forever, then that means I could breathe into water. I could breathe in space. Would I be able to move in space? Probably not comfortably. It'd probably be like molasses or something. I don't know. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> I'm thinking too much of this. Um, any other good questions? None? When was the last memorable sunrise you witnessed? When was the last memorable sunrise that I witnessed? Honestly, like it's a little, I might be, I might get, it's hard for me to word this, but the most memorable sunrises that I do remember was waiting for the bus in the morning for school. You know, the kids would be, I mean, everyone else would be waiting for the bus. The sun would come up, and most mornings, you know, I was, I was a weird kid. I would, the, it would take the bus about 15 minutes to get to school, so I would have either a set of songs that equated to about 15 minutes, or I would listen to a song that's about 15 minutes. And one of the songs I listened to was Dogs by Pink Floyd. And, yeah, the song's kind of a a bummer song, but listening to that, while looking out the window, seeing the sunrise, seeing, having the bus take me to school, it just, for me, it was very memorable. I remember lot about that, I did that a lot, let me, let me find one more question, let me find the website, because I just screenshot it, I want one more good question, one more good question, Uh, what do I remember most about my first crush? Hmm. That's a good question. My first crush. Would it have been? No, it wouldn't have been her. It was it was a girl in St. John's St. John's, Michigan Um, I was in middle school, I had no friends I didn't know anybody there and they weren't really particularly nice to me Uh, there was one girl there, her name was Joel Lynn platinum blonde hair very pretty, and she was always nice to me, and, yeah, that's, I don't remember much about her, I remember her name, Joel Lynn, and what was, it, it was one name, so it was like J-O-L-Y-N-N, Joel Lynn, I hope she's doing okay. Probably still at St. John's. The thing about that school was it it felt very much like no one was ever going to leave that town. I'm happy I did. I'm happy I, I did and went to my school. I mean, my high school. I I think I went to St. John's for two years. And it I mean Yeah, I was bullied. I was a bigger kid too. And on top of that, like the home life wasn't great. You know, angry stepdad. It wasn't particularly a fun time. it was it was an interesting time though cause for the first time I ended up living with my dad for a couple months due to some circumstances I was about to get pulled out of school but to prevent that my dad actually moved to town so I could finish out the school year there was like four months left of school I think for I think it was maybe half a year or something. And he came in clutch. He we found a house. And it was a it was a different time. We played guitar a lot. We hung out a lot. We watched movies. was different. I, I remember that house. I, I could probably drive past that house if I really wanted to. Dad wrote a song there. We were hanging out in the kitchen. He, ta- he talks about this in the song. And we heard this loud, it was it sounded like it was in the house. It's like a dying cat just it like it was loud it sounded like it was like right in front of us we immediately looked outside nothing we checked outside to see if there was like anything like if there was a way to get under the house there was not and we didn't hear it again and dad wrote a song about it he called it um I think he called it the dead cat pole It was very interesting. Well, it is 11, 1115 11. at night. I'm tired. I've been talking to myself for almost an hour and a half about a bunch of random shit. And you've been on this journey with me. I literally I have not been scrolling through social media I've kind of just been looking at my foot realizing that one of my toes just looks a little weird but then again toes always look weird I'm rambling so I'm gonna start saying my farewells but before I go I wanna stress a couple things one go listen to faltered steps cover of sorrow it is available on Spotify I think it's available on a couple other sites I think it's there's even a, an automated generated thing on YouTube yeah faltered step sorrow the last song I did with them it's really good really proud of it Get on that. It's. A, did it, I don't know if he released it as a single on Bandcamp, but it is available on Spotify. It's there. I've been listening to it. Another thing. My buddy, Garrett Bush, of Fifty Two Hertz Whale, released a very good album called Abandoned. It is very, it's very emotional. Not so much sad, but it's it's visceral. It's it doesn't hold back. And I'm hoping to talk to him about, you know, the process of that, and in a future episode. But it's a really good album, Abandoned by Fifty Two Hz Whale. There's a couple 52 Hertz whales on Bandcamp, But there's only one like like this. The album is abandoned. Go listen to it. And finally, um, you know me. Check out my stuff. I'm about to have a new album out too. But until then, you know, you can find my stuff on Spotify. You can find my stuff on Bandcamp as well. ALVU. ALVU. Check it out. Thank you all so much for listening. I am signing off. Uh, Be good to each other. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. COVID is still out there, man. Don't be... Don't be a dipshit, just be cool. And even if you don't agree with it, just just leave. If you're at a place and you're fucking freaking out about some mask shit or whatever, just fucking leave. They don't need your business. And you don't need to be doing business with them if if you're really that against it. Like, it feels like every day I'm seeing a video of some older guy or woman just flipping out because people they're because they're being asked to put on a mask or distance like there's that one woman that was coughing on people in a store she's like eh, i i have asthma i have allergies it's i can't help it <laughs> and yeah don't do that Keep your coughs to yourself. I don't want to hear you coughing. <laughs> if you cough, you're out of the store. Kick, kick you out. All right, it's time for me to take a nap. Take a nap. Go to bed, Alex. What are you saying? Thank you so much for listening. Again, my music is A-L-V-U. Alview. You can find my stuff on YouTube. I'm, I'm trying to decide if I want to make a separate YouTube channel for podcasts. Or if I just want to throw it onto the Alview podcast. Like I have these episodes on Alview. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out together. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Stay cool. Stay chill. Yeah. (laughs) Bye.